Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn with me, if you will, to Hebrews chapter 12, please. Hebrews chapter 12. Hallelujah. Did you come with an ear to here? All right. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 12. And we're going to uh, bring the uh, first couple verses there. And uh, the uh, last week we talked about um, lifting a standard and being a, you know, standing in our uh, convictions and, and not wavering, not being up and down and in and out. Come on, somebody. And we found out that, uh, you know, we came, actually came out of uh, Hebrews 10 with that. And we talked about the keys to that, some keys that were given out of that text, and that was uh, you're going to have to spend some time. If you're going to be a person that's going to maintain standards, maintain a conviction, maintain your walk in God, there's certain things that are going to have to happen. You're going to have to have some time spent with the master himself. You're going to have to have that one-on-one -on -one time with him. You're going to have to have time in his word. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on now. Amen. You're going to have to have time in the house. Amen. You're going to have to spend some time in the house of God. Come on now. A lot of people try to, uh, you know, avoid that or uh, maybe don't take time in the Word or don't take time in their own personal prayer time. But how many know these are all things that are key? The other thing that we talked about was the necessity of being around other believers. Amen. These are all just different keys uh, in order for you to maintain a standard or maintain your convictions, maintain your walk in God. If you're not doing these kind of things, you're going to be up and down and all over the map. Yeah, it's just amazing what happens. I mean, uh, so you got to get around uh, the presence of God. you got to get around the Word. you got to get around the, the house. you got to get around people. Come on, somebody who love God. Amen. Those with a, the, right, the same spirit of faith that you got. Amen. So those are some things we talked about. Today I'm going to talk about uh, running this race and what it means to, to you know, how many know we're, we're called to finish the race? Not just start a race. Amen. We're called to finish this thing. Uh, we're always grateful for everybody that gets started. Praise God. We're always thankful for those that, uh, you know, start this thing. They come into the things of God. And we're excited about the fact that they made Jesus Lord of their life. And, man, now here they go. Praise God. All excited. We're so grateful for that. Praise God. But I'll tell you what. It isn't about how you start. It's about how you finish. Uh, we got to finish this thing. Amen. And so, again, this is going to be, there's some keys and things that, that, uh, uh, that are necessary if we're going to actually finish this thing. Praise God. So, uh, Hebrews 12, verse 1 says, Therefore, uh, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, that just means ones who provide evidence. And, of course, chapter 11 uh, gave us a whole list of our patriarchs of faith. Uh, men and women of God who did great things, who stood their ground, no matter the ups and downs, no matter the pressures, no matter what they were up against, they made a decision to stand firm in who they were, maintain their standards, maintain their conviction, praise God, uh, and, you know, maintain their faith in God, amen. And so as a result of it, he says, because of that, here we are now being surrounded by those witnesses, those, amen, who have gone before us, praise God, who have shown a way that it can be done if we'll just stick with it, praise God. Can I hear an amen? amen? He goes on to say, let us lay aside every weight, in other words, burden or hindrance here, and the sin or offense or things that hold you back, things that ensnare you or entrap you. So let us lay aside every weight and every sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance. Now we'll talk more about some of this, but let us run with endurance, amen, the race that is set before us. Amen. Now we have a race to run. Am I right? 
Now, we know according to Scripture, we have a cross to bear. We have a fight to fight. We have an enemy to resist. We have a field to plow. Come on now. But we have a race to run. That's every one of us. None of us are exempt from this. Amen. We all have a race to run. And you notice it says with endurance, which means uh, there's going to be some form of resistance. So you're going to need endurance. Amen. To do this. In other words, you're going to have to stick to it, praise God. You're going to have to have this thing in you, praise God, that says, I refuse to back down, I refuse to quit, I refuse to give up, praise God. I'm going to go the distance no matter what. I'm going to endure no matter what resistance comes against me, no matter what they say, no matter what's going on, no matter what the enemy tried, come on, no matter what people do, I'm going the distance. Thank you for all that enthusiasm. But this is how we got we to settle it, praise God. we got a race to run. But it says here in verse uh, uh, 2, looking unto Jesus. If this is going to work right, you're going to you're gonna have to stay, you know, you have to look unto Jesus. You're going to have to stay locked on to him. Now that word here, uh, look, uh, uh, is a word that defines out to consider attentively or to focus upon or direct one's attention upon. Okay, so you're going to have to do what it takes to keep your attention on Jesus. Just like we talked about last week, if we're not spending any time in personal communion and prayer with God, if we're not spending time in his word, if we're not spending time in the house, amen, coming in and getting, you know, all the yuck off, amen, hallelujah, getting yourself in a position to, to maybe just give God room to do something and speak something into your life, praise God. If we're not spending time around the brethren, if we're not spending time connecting, amen, and assembling with the brethren, I'm telling you what, you're probably not, uh, you know, your attention is probably not on him. So what that says then is that there's a good chance then you may not finish like you're supposed to finish. You're going to have to look unto Jesus who's the author, come on, which means originator, and what? Finisher huh, of our faith. The, the author and the finisher. The originator and that word finisher means the perfecter of our faith. We're not going to stay looking unto him. You may not get, you're not giving him opportunity to perfect you, not opportunity to, to grow you up, to take you from, the word says we go from glory unto glory. We go from faith to faith, strength to strength, grace upon grace. All that, how's that all happen? How do you go from one degree of uh, faith to the next? How do you go from one degree of glory to the next? How do you do that? Well, the only way it can happen is you got to have the perfecter working on you. See, it isn't just how you start. I mean, we want you to have a good start, but we want you to have a good finish. And it says here that even Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him, in other words, he stayed locked on and focused on what he was supposed to do. Amen. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, which means he also had resistance. Come on. He did what he was supposed to do, but he had resistance, and even in the midst of the resistance, he stayed focused on what he had to stay focused on, praise God, and finished it. Despising the shame, no matter what was done, no matter who said what, no matter who was with him, who wasn't with him, and has sat down even right now at the right hand of the throne of God. Can I hear a big amen? Aren't you glad that Jesus endured? Aren't you glad he stayed focused? I mean, there was a few times, you know, uh, the posse even. I mean, we're talking about there were times he had groups that, you know, thousands would come hear him. 
And there were times, man, he had as many, many as uh, what is it, 70 uh, uh, disciples uh, uh, that he was teaching and training. And at one time, they all got up and walked off except for the 12. And then you get to the end, and even the 12 walked off on him. You know, we always look at Judas saying how Judas betrayed him, but they all betrayed him. And yet, regardless of all that, he still stayed focused and did what he was supposed to do. Jesus made it real clear if he said, if I, could, if I wanted to call legions of angels to come rescue me, I could. And he could have. But he chose to stay focused and do, amen, to carry that cross, to do what he was supposed to do. Amen. Why? Because it benefited you and it benefited me. Praise God. Aren't you glad Jesus did what he did? Amen. Now, what he's asking of you and asking of me is to do the same thing, to take up your cross, amen, to do what you're called to do, to not quit, to not give up, to not back up, praise God, to put your hand to the plow, amen, and not look back, praise God, to not draw back, look back, pull back, praise God, but to move forward in him. Now, the way this is going to have to happen is you're going to have to stay focused on Jesus, Put the amplified verse uh, of this, verse 2, and it says this in the amplified, looking away, I like this, from all that will distract. See, looking away from all that will distract unto Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith. Amen. So looking away from all that will distract. So what that's telling me is there's a problem here, okay, that's trying to work against you and work against me, and it's called distractions. Because if you stay focused, if you keep your attention on him, and how many know there's a fight for your attention? And I need, maybe I'll ask you that question. Who's winning in the fight for your attention? Or maybe I could say, what is winning in the fight for your attention? Because that's going to determine some things. Okay, whether we're going to finish this thing right or not. Whether we're going to be, you know, have struggles and strain at things. You know, there's patterns of success and there's patterns of defeat. When you look through the scriptures, I'm telling you, in fact, all your gurus, I don't care if they're saved or unsaved, all the gurus out there that talk about the, the things to do, the things not to do, what worketh, what don't work. And they'll all, they almost agree on, on the majority of it. But I'll guarantee you all of them agree on the fact that you've got to stay focused. You can't be distracted by everything. No matter what it is you're working towards, if you stay focused, amen, you can get the job done. Even our uh, President Trump uh, made that real clear in one of his uh, books. He says, he who focuses the longest wins. And I guarantee you he's focused. I'm just telling you. Hallelujah. Even oh, uh, uh, who's the uh, uh, Bruce Lee. He says, you know, he said, he, he said even a, a normal Average individual who has laser-like sharpness when it comes time to focus, he says, will be a champion. But they got to be focused. Amen. Hallelujah. As your focus goes, so goes your life. If you stay focused, amen, you can win, praise God. And in this same thing with your, your race uh, to run here, amen, if we stay focused on the Lord, guess what? Amen, we'll finish this thing like we're supposed to, praise God. Can I hear a big amen? amen. So some of you might say, okay, tell me what, what are we talking about when we talk about a race? 
Well, it's talking about your life in God, your, you know, staying the course, being true in your walk, amen, holding again, could, could even say holding to your standards and your convictions again, praise God, amen, not giving up on all that, praise God, amen. So uh, anyway, uh, let's see, let's do this, the word distraction, I'm going to define it, the word distraction means divided attention. Okay, so to look unto him means to focus upon or direct attention upon, whereas distracted means to be a divided attention. So again, it's back to this thing about where is your attention. Uh, years ago, a gentleman uh, said this. He said that if, if you, if, I think he said like this, if the enemy can't distract you, he can't destroy you. But if he can get you distracted, get you caught up in everything else, then he can slither in there and take. All right, so you got to stay focused. Look at your neighbor and say, stay focused. Have we established that? All right, so what I, what I felt in my heart to do, we're going to go uh, to back to Matthew chapter 14. Got a few texts I want to go to. Hallelujah. Matthew 14. And what we have here uh, is, uh, well, let's just read it, and then it'll pretty much make sense. Verse 26, the boys are out on a boat. Here comes Jesus, right? And when the disciples, this is verse 26, Matthew 14 and 26, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost, and, and they cried out for fear. And immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Well, Peter, of course, you know, like normal, he's the first one to say something. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, well, duh, uh, you know, command me to come to you on the water. Well, what's he supposed to say? No, stay in the boat. But he said it was him, so he said, come, all right. And so uh, he, Peter then, it said, came down out of the boat, and he walked on the water. Are you kidding me? It says he walked. Is that what your Bible says? He walked on the water to go to Jesus. So the boy... Amen. Steps out of the boat. Amen. Took a step of faith. He's walking on water. I believe with all my heart. He just, he just didn't even think. He just did what he spoke. You know, he said, come. Okay. But then he stopped and he thought. You ever been in trouble because you took a second thought? Come on now. Well, that's exactly what happened. Okay. So anyway, he walked on the water to Jesus. But when he saw, all of a sudden, see, he got distracted here. When he saw that the wind was boisterous. He was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. And, of course, the Lord let him drink or sink into the water. Now, he stretched out his hand. He caught him and brought him up. Now, I don't know how, what happened. I always, every time I read this story, I always have to say that because I, my, heart, my, my belief is he's back up on top. I don't know. Maybe he drug him through the water. I don't know. You get your own picture. Either way, he got him back to the boat. Praise the Lord. Amen. But he said this, and Jesus stretched out uh, his hand, caught him, and said, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, you're thinking, you know, this boy stepped out of the boat. Come on, somebody, and did. Nobody else did that. And he said, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, the word doubt literally means a second thought, okay? So it refers to a second thought. So what happened was, you know, you stepped out, you did what was right, but then you took another thought. But see, the word kind of brings it out that the reason he took another thought is because he got distracted. And sometimes that's exactly what happens in our life. We're going along, we're wanting to serve God, but we allow the, the circumstance, the situation, the storm in life, the issue, the problems, the, uh, the circumstance, whatever it may be that you're going through, that somehow that, that somehow got your attention and you put more attention on that. You took your attention off of Him and now you're beginning to sink. 
Still with me? Sometimes it's the things ahead. You know, you know, when you focus on the problem, all you get is more problems. When you focus on the potential problem, all you get is potential problems. So, you know, you can't, you can't be focused on all that mess. You've got to stay locked on and focused onto the Lord. We're not denying the existence of problems or issues or circumstances. We're not denying the issues that are going on. We're not denying the pressures you're up against. We're not denying the fact that you might be dealing with a storm in life right now. We're not denying that. But what we are trying to do is deny its right to control your life. And so you've got to stay focused on Him or else that thing is just going to dictate. It's going to control you. So you got to stay focused on the Lord. Amen. Finish this thing. Get a victory. Get a notch in the belt. Get some victories under you. And that's the way you do it is you keep on moving forward. Sometimes in our life, and you know, Trudy and me, we've had a lot of, lot of things that happened in, you know, 35, 6, 7, you know, years. And a lot of stuff happened. And sometimes the only thing that, 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 that really we could maybe somewhat take some kind of credit for was the fact we just put one foot in front of the other and kept going. And even then, it's, you know, you can't really take much credit for that even. But, but the point is this, sometimes that's all it was. It wasn't the fact that we had all the answers. It wasn't the fact that we, we knew every solution to this or we always prayed it right or we always, you know, whatever. It wasn't like everything always just worked out. Sometimes we just moved forward and somehow or another, things began to shift. All of a sudden, you get another victory. You get another breakthrough. And you just keep doing it. But you stay focused on Him. He's your healer. He's your deliverer. He's your provider. He's the reason that you can stand firm. Hallelujah. Standing as the righteousness of God, a new creation in Christ, uh, chosen by God, forgiven by God. I mean, that is who He is. So many times, you know, the enemy tries to create some kind of distraction, and all he's trying to do is trying to sink your boat, so to speak. Come on, trying to somehow get you to quit or give up. And you just have to say, shut up, devil. Amen. Keep yourself focused on the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Can I hear a big amen? See, when you get distracted, all it does is messes up your race. It interrupts it. Come on. Somehow, sometimes it even cancels it. I mean, there's people that just get out of completely pull out because of some distraction. Our prayers are still for them. We're hoping that one day they, you know, they draw on the, you know, the mercy of God and, and, and choose life and, 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 you know, come on. But, but a lot of people have pulled out because of, of one major distraction. And somehow it's the thing that dictated to them and they pull out of the race. You still with me? You know, I'm a, I'm a, a track guy. I mean, well, I ain't no more. Can't say that, but I was a big track guy when I was growing up. Uh, we, you know, I did uh, junior Olympics when I was about this high, and all the way through, and high school and college ran indoor, outdoor. Uh, that's what we did, or what I did. And uh, so, a lot of times when I hear about running a race, you know, this kind of I get all them kind of a, you know pictures that come up and stuff, and you know, and uh, you know, when 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 it's time to run, it's time to run. Yeah, you know, sometimes over the years, you know, we have, you know, guys that are serious about it. I was probably a little more serious about the running and competitiveness and all that kind of stuff. But there's some guys in there, they're not. And, and so all of a sudden you got, you know, a guy's time for the race and the guy's over there by the snack bar. 
I'd say he's distracted. He might be up, you know, messing around with the girls up in the, up in the stands. I'd say he's distracted. Come on, somebody. You're supposed to be out there lining up for a race, and you're playing around out there by the shot put. Come on, somebody. I'm just saying, see, a lot of people, they get distracted, and then they don't, they don't, get, they don't get in their race. Or they get upset or worked out. Come on now. I remember one time a running track and uh, running, uh, I was running uh, with the time they were called the 300 intermediate hurdles. And I wasn't no hurdler, but I was quick. So, you know, if I, if I could catch those hurdles just right, I, was, I did okay. But if I didn't, it always had that little quick. You know what I'm talking about? If anybody watched that, you know, and, and try to jump the next hurdle. And I was quick enough maybe to get to the next one and maybe I could kind of, you know, maintain a good, good position in that. But uh, there was this one time I, I, I caught, well, more than one time, but this one time I'm talking, thinking about, I caught a hurdle and poof, I mean, I went just face first, face plant, poof. And I'm like, and I could hear my coach cross the thing up in the stands, Robert, get up and run. So right away, coach is yelling, I get up and go, and I hit the next hurdle, poof, poof. I was all off step, off step. And I could hear him again, Robert, get up and run. And the line judge was over there going, I wouldn't. <laughs> so I took his counsel, went back to the bus. Now, I didn't feel good about it. And uh, I've got a lot of mileage off that one since, since that's happened. But uh, I remember uh, one time in college then, I had the same thing, one of the, one of the uh, indoor meets. And coming around the corner, sure enough, man, caught a hurdle. Down I went. And all I could think of was, Robert, <laughs> get up and run. So I was like, I'm going to finish this one, you know. Praise God. So amen. I, so no matter what's gone on, I mean, maybe, you're, maybe you caught a hurdle and did a face plant. Have you ever caught a hurdle and did a face plant? Come on now. Praise God. See, if you're hooked up, amen, you got somebody can say, come here, brother, let me get you up. All right, there we go. Brush it off. Let's go now. Get back in this thing. Let's do it. Amen. Hallelujah. No quitting, no giving up. Can I hear a big amen? All right, go to Philippians. Let's look at something here in Philippians. Praise God. Philippians chapter 3, please. Now I'm talking about, you know, staying focused, amen, and avoiding those distractions, Amen. So no matter what the storms are blowing and what's going on, what's happening, amen, you keep running, you don't allow the distractions to dictate and control, hallelujah. So uh, maybe the things around you or the things ahead of you might distract you once in a while. How about things behind you? It says here, not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on. This is what Paul said. Now, Paul said that, guess what? Uh, there's probably a good chance you haven't attained yet or already perfected yet either. The boy that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, if he's saying that he's, this is where he's at, amen, guess what? We should probably just take some heed to it, amen. He says, but I press on. Amen, I haven't got there yet, I haven't arrived yet, but I'm going to press on. I'm going forward that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. In other words, I've got calling, I've got purpose, I've got a reason that I'm here, praise God. I'm going to fulfill that, praise God. So that means I've got to press on. Verse 13, please. 
He says, brethren, do not, uh, do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Let's go to verse 14, and I'll come back to that. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Look at your name and say, press forward. All right, go back to verse 13, please. It says this, there's one thing. Paul says, listen, I don't have really everything down. I haven't, I haven't got all the answers. I haven't done everything right. I, but there's one thing I kind of got down. I know how to forget the things which are behind me. And I reach forward to those things which are ahead. I cannot tell you how many Christians over the years have given up and quit because they're more focused on their past than they are on their future. Well, I'm just, I've blown it, I've messed up. I've, well, man, join the club. We've all messed up. We've all come up short. At least once. That was a joke. Yeah, for yeah, this hour. Yeah, just in the last 30 minutes. Amen. Amen. We've all messed up. We've all, we've all come up short. Somewhere along the line, we've done things we wish we wouldn't have done. Uh, we might even, if, if you thought on long, we have certain kind of regrets about certain things. But the word, the word is so clear, you have got to put that behind you. Stop trying to repair your uh, past and start preparing for your future. And the only way to do that is stay focused on Him, amen, and avoid the distractions, praise God. And part of those distractions can be things of your past. You cannot be focused on that mess. You're a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. It's a new ball game. It's a new thing. Amen. You're now out there running your race. Praise God. Don't let something back there be a hindrance or a weight that pulls you back, pulls you down, or gets you to quit. Whew. Condemnation, guilt, shame, all that mess is nothing but a distraction. It's a distraction. That the enemy is trying to get you to take hook, line, and sinker. Put it off, shove it back in his face, whatever. Say, yep, devil, I blew it and I blew it big. But now I serve Jesus, the master of them all. Hallelujah, the creator of the ends of the earth is my father. Hallelujah, I belong to the family of God, the household of faith. That's who I am moving forward. Whatever your own, well, you use your own word, but the point is this, tell the devil to shut up. It's just a distraction. Well, you know, I deserve, oh, shut up. We all deserve hell. We all deserve to not have what we have in God. But because of what Christ did, now that puts it on a whole new plane. And now we can say, I totally deserve to walk in the blessing and all that God has. Why? Because of what Christ did for me. Had nothing to do with me. I'm out of the equation now. So my past don't count. 
Thank you for all that enthusiasm. I'm telling you, these are just major distractions that I've seen over the years that have held people back from running their race because they're more focused on this stuff than they are on the one they should be focused on. That is Him, your Master, your Lord, your Savior, the one that paid the price, the one that heals, that delivers, still sets the captives free, the same yesterday, today, and forever, praise God. He's the one I'm focused on. He's the one I'll put my attention on, praise God. Because of what He did, I can move forward. I can finish this race, praise God. Well, I'm excited. Second Timothy, let's look at another one. A couple more books back here, or forward. Second Timothy 2. <clears throat> Wouldn't mind reading a bunch of this, but I think we're just going to go to verse 4 here. It says this, No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Now, the bottom line is this is talking about a distraction, being entangled with the affairs of this life. How many know the affairs of this life can be a major distraction? Now, for whatever it means, or for whatever it's worth, it means practical matters. So this affairs of life or affairs of this life refers to just practical matters. You can get so caught up just in practical matters. He's not denying that you have practical things to deal with. But sometimes they could be a major distraction. You with me? One guy said it this way. The main focus is to remain focused on the one you should be focused on. And if you'll do that, you won't get entangled, come on, in the affairs of this life. Now, entangled means it's going to somehow it wraps up and pulls you back or trips you up, causes you to stumble, do a face plan or two. Come on. But it says you're supposed to not be, you know, uh, you know sidetracked by these kind of things. Let me give you a couple other references just to kind of move faster here. Mark 4 and 19 in the Amplified. Put that one up, if you will. It talks about the cares of this world in the New King James or the Old King James. But here in the Amplified, it says, uh, then the cares and anxieties of the world. And here we go, the distractions of the age. Now, cares and anxieties, and in fact, if you kind of read all the way through there, it's talking really more about business matters, you know, just your your everyday business matter. So you're talking about, you know, the uh, normal things you might have to deal with with work and, and business and buying and selling and, what you know, making sure your bills are paid and have enough for this and enough for that. Come on, somebody. So whether we're talking practical matters or business matters, how about this? Luke 10 and 40, another common text concerning distractions. Martha, Martha. Martha was distracted with much serving. Come on, there's nothing wrong. You know, there's nothing wrong with practical matters. There's nothing wrong with business matters. There's nothing wrong with serving. But it says she was distracted with much serving, and she approached the Lord, right, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Now, for whatever it's worth, there's a whole lot said in that text, and I'd love to just go and minister on the whole thing. But the bottom line is she's serving at her home. Jesus is at the house, Mary's in the other room, sitting at his feet, which Jesus said, she's doing the right thing. Mary, or Martha, you got an issue right now, and your issues are creating more issues because you're being distracted with household matters. Right. 
Well, you just don't understand, Pastor. I don't have enough time. Listen, your time uh, is not your problem. Your focus is the problem. We all have 24 hours in a day. So your time is not your problem. Your focus is your problem. You're focusing on the wrong things. I have found if you will give God the first part of your day, it's amazing how much your day works out. You think you're saving time by walking past the prayer time or your prayer room? You just messed up your day. Well, I ain't got time to read the Bible. I ain't got time to go to church. Got things I got to do. I ain't got time to be around the brethren. I got way too much I got going. Dude, your time is not the problem. It's the wrong focus. You put your focus in the right place. It's amazing how your day will work out. It's amazing how all the issues just start taking a back seat. It's amazing how your week works out. It's amazing. Come on, somebody. Focus. Look at your neighbor and say, stay focused. Stay focused. Amen. No more distractions, right? Come on now, right? Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, I was, uh, yeah, I guess I could throw this in here, but I was just, um, the Lord uh, shared how his, his opinion, if I could say, or how he views uh, excuses. Hang on. You know, and I think it's in Luke 14, I believe it is. And he brings out, he says, you know, the master's called, it's all come to the wedding, and, and they all had excuses. He says, one by one, they all came with excuses. Well, I got land, I got, you know, property I'm working, I got, I got you know, oxen I've bought, and, you know, investments, things that I've got going on here. I've, oh, I've got married, I got family, I got, and he, he said, they're all just excuses. Come on, somebody. I figured I might as well get it out right now, right? So, Excuses. This was uh, about three weeks back. The Spirit of God said this. He said, uh, the, the problem I have uh, going with my people is this. They, they feel justified in their excuses and exempt from the consequences. That's what he said. I think I got word for word there. He said, my people feel justified in their excuses and exempt from the consequences. No more excuses, people. And again, nobody has denied that you may have things you're dealing with, things going on, financial this, family this, health this. If you want, you want to walk free, you want to finish this thing and finish it right, you better stay focused and avoid some of these distractions. Can I give you one more? All right. Some of you think, oh, I don't know, Pastor. Let me give you one more reference. James 1. Come on now, James 1, <clears throat> and then I'll let you go. I'll give you that so that way you feel a little better. <laughs> James 1, verse 12, says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. I mean, temptation's out there, isn't it? For when he has uh, been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say, when he's tempted, I'm tempted by God. Don't ever say it. I hear people do it all the time. Well, God did this to me. No, he didn't. God does not tempt anybody with evil. Gets you to try to stumble or, or fail. God will never do that. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does He Himself tempt anyone. But 
Each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. It goes on to say, amen. So the point is this, praise God. Amen. The only way we get, uh, really, it's just, really, if I can just say this, I'll just kind of condense it. Temptation is nothing but a distraction. Now, when I'm talking about temptation, you know, even when you read this, a lot of times everybody just thinks, well, it's talking about, um, you know, uh, carnality per se, which it involves it. It's not, not the only thing. They think it's just about fleshly things like addictions or loose living and all that kind of stuff. And, and I'm not denying that it, it involves that, but it's beyond that. You know, sin, in fact, if you go a couple chapters later in chapter 4 there, it talks about sin is to know to do good and not to do it. So when we're talking about something that gives birth to sin, he's talking about there could be all kinds of things. How about casualness? The word warns you about being casual, about apathy, indifference. Come on, somebody. Sometimes, see, it's a temptation to back up. Don't back up. Don't be indifferent. Don't be, you know, allow apathy to settle. Don't allow casualness to settle. The word says, you know, or uh, uh, ease is one of the words that it uses. Uh, and it says, woe to those who are in ease in Zion. Okay, woe to those who are at ease. And that's what it means to be casual. To, to back up, all right? Don't do it. Don't just pur purpose to move forward, purpose to step forward and keep going forward. Don't ever back up. <sighs> Listen, for whatever it's worth, okay, um, your blood's not on my hands. I'm going to give you the truth. I'm going to tell you, amen, what worketh. Come on. That's what I'm responsible to do and encourage you to keep moving forward. We don't make light of anybody's things. We're not here to condemn anybody. I think if you know me enough, you know I ain't here to condemn anybody. Now, I ain't going to pull any punches, and I'm going to speak the truth. Because when you stand before the master, you ain't going to be able to point at me and go, well, he didn't tell me. And he's, you know, you know what's going to happen? There's this big video thing comes up. I don't know how they do it, but it just, whoosh, and you're going to see Pastor Jerry going, I said move forward. Some of you are like, Okay. How about uh, negativity, guys? The temptation to be negative. And then there's, what is that, what's that phrase? There's absolutely nothing positive about being negative. <laughs> so sometimes negativity is a temptation. How about criticism, murmuring, griping, being judgmental, complaining? Come on, that's a temptation. The point I'm trying to say is that, see, these are all distractions that try to get you to you know, to back up or to quit or to give up. How about offense? The word offense in itself, the Greek word is scandalon, which means trap. It means to ensnare or to trip up. Get you offended, the temptation to be offended. Don't take it. Don't do it. 
Well, that person, don't do it. Well, they should have, don't do it. Well, they, they messed me, don't do it. And don't tell me that you haven't done something to offend somebody. I mean, that's why, you know, Jesus was so clear. He says, you know, you've been forgiven everything. Why can't you forgive? It's like, well, duh. Listen, it isn't worth being offended. It isn't worth sitting there murmuring, griping, complaining, being critical. Ain't none of it worth it. Say, so, well, if I don't, you know, who will? Well, come on. The more you focus on the right thing, the more the master can help you fix the wrong thing. But you got to stay focused on the right thing. Stay focused on Him so you can finish your race. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.